When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Yo, yo. Yo, what's up, man? It's your boy Bazaar from D12, and I just jumped off the porch with my man's dirty glove bastard. What up? Seven mile, four, eight, two, and nine in here. Hey, I pop on them, get the drop on them, pull the mop on them, won't stop on them. All right, y'all, so we have the legendary the I want to put an emphasis on the legendary okay. the legendary bizarre with us off the porch how are you feeling what up though I'm feeling good I'm feeling great now you got your game behind you so go ahead and let us know who it is uh these actually my blood cousins man um they from uh, Kansas City you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm gonna introduce myself it's the first uh rap group off my label Redhead so I'm gonna let them talk a little bit Introduce yourself, man. My name's I want to know how y'all's dynamic is. Like, who who does what as far as rapping? Like, right. Who the oldest? <laughs> Shit, y'all twins. We don't know. <laughs> my minutes, my minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I'm I'm starting my record label. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Redhead Records. So, you know what I'm saying? Be looking out for them. Uh, their name is MBK. You're saying my brother's keeper. And uh, I'm a, I got some groups I'm about to sign from Detroit too. So uh, I'm just trying to you know put on do some OG shit. Now, I do want to ask, um, do you feel like as an artist, you should start signing artists while you're trying to be an artist, or should you wait until you're out the game already and you could be able to spend time with your artists? No, you shouldn't, you shouldn't sign artists while you are like in the prime of your career because uh, you're still an artist, you know what I'm saying? So I ain't gonna even lie, to this day, I still struggle with this shit because you know what I'm saying? Like, for, for so long, you just you just had to be accounted for your own career. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'd be like, damn, I got to shoot my video. Damn, I got to put this album together. You know what I'm saying? Then my manager had to remind me, like, hey, don't forget about No Space, which is my artist. You know what I'm saying? You got to shoot her video. You got to, you know what I'm saying? So, unless you got a team, like, you know, like Eminem, he had a team. You know what I'm saying? So, unless you got a team that gonna dedicate themselves to that, where you can just yay and nay, then, you know, I would suggest, but like, it just depends on how type of person you are, but I wouldn't suggest it in the prime of your career if you're not going to dedicate to that artist. Right. Right. Well, she might be doing them a disservice, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you busy as hell and you popping, you know what I'm saying? Now, I do want to take it back to your Detroit roots. Okay. So, I know you're from Detroit. Talk about how it was for you 
growing up in Detroit back then. Did that sound old when I said back then? <laughs> no, no, that's good. Um, I, I grew up uh, in the D when the era, it was, uh, I mean, it was the, the 80s, you know what I'm saying, the 90s. It was, I mean, Detroit really, honestly, it ain't changed a lot from generation, you know what I'm saying? That we wear, we, we, we've been wearing Buffies. We, back in the day, when I was growing up, it was Woods. Then now it's Buffies, you know what I'm saying? We've been, uh, you know what I'm saying, listening to gangster shit, uh, techno, you know what I'm saying, house music, you know what I'm saying? The, um, to me, um, the Blade Icewood dance is really, is like a, really like another version of the Earl Flynn. And Earl Flynn is a, the dance they've been doing since the 70s out there. You know what I'm saying? So Detroit is it's, it's really, it's, it's a lot of history. Motown, you know, we, we known for our Coney Islands. Um, you know, uh, fucked up potholes in the street. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Belle Isle is, is a, it's a famous park there. Seven Mile, Six Mile, East Side, Chandler Park. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I mean, I, I, I had fun there, you know what I'm saying? Detroit is uh, is really a, a different type of place, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause like, you can be over here in on one vibe, you know what I'm saying? And then you can get over here and get on some straight gangster shit. Right. So it just depends on which, which lane you trying to go in. And does it really depend on like, basically like which mile you're trying to be in, if you would say? As far as what? As far as like one that gets down and then one that's really laid back and chill. All of them get down. <laughs> All the miles get down. So yeah. it's like, um, but it's really just really five miles, six miles, seven miles. Those are the only miles. But miles go all the way to 23 miles. 23? Yeah. Wow. But anything past eight mile is a suburbs. So it's just really two miles, six miles, seven miles, and five miles that really is it's gangster. And but seven mile is the is just the it, it stretches from the east side to the west side. So it's just it's like a long ass strip to go like 10, 15 miles. So it, it is just a a popular street for people to to holler. So a lot of people don't even be from seven mile. They just they just holler it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's cool to say and shit. But I'm I'm really in from seven mile though. Seven miles. So talk to us about your childhood in seven mile. Seven Mile, um, wow, man. Um, seven Mile was wild, you know what I'm saying? Um, not Detroit, it, it, it's not really about gangs and shit, like Crips and Bloods, it's really more about like the home of dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Like Seven Mile, where I'm from, it, it's notorious for like beating niggas up for no reason. You know what I'm saying? So niggas, are, go up to Seven Mile and just rush niggas and beat niggas up for no reason. So Detroit is like, you know, you just gotta be on your P's and Q's, you know what I'm saying? They into snatching niggas' cardies and, and glasses and robbing niggas, we more into that. So you just gotta be really careful, you know what I'm saying? Especially as a, as a, as a woman, you know, a young yes. female, you might get your purse snatched downtown <laughs> or some shit like that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it grew up wild. It, Seven Mile taught me really not, not to trust nobody, you know what I'm saying? Like. Like if somebody come asking you for directions, most of the time it's a play. But dog, but hey dog, you know how to get to? Nah, you know what I'm saying. So, you know Detroit, we definitely got a chip on our shoulder. Definitely coming down south, 
everybody speak to each other. Hi, how you doing? How's <laughs> yes. your day? You know what I'm saying? Like that, that shit ain't like that in Detroit. Motherfuckers got the the ice grill low. <laughs> so going back to when you said like Seven Mile really taught you not to trust just like anybody, yeah. did you have any experiences where you had to go through that? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I remember uh, when I was a kid, I was coming home from elementary school and um, it was me and my little sister. So I had a little sister, so I always had to wait, make sure she was safe. I was walking home and uh, I was in the fifth grade and this dude, he was probably like in the eighth grade. He didn't go to my school. He walked up to me, he was like, yo, I heard you wanna fight me. And I was like, what? He was like, I heard you wanna fight me. And I and uh, my sister started screaming. I didn't even know I was hit. But my sister started screaming and I looked and my whole shirt was bloody. Wow. The dude had hit me in my nose for no reason. He walked away. And um, that day, I realized I wasn't a little kid no more. You know what I'm saying? He, he took my youth away from me, he took my innocence away from me, you know what I'm saying? So ever since then, it was just, it was on, you know what I'm saying? Man, that is crazy. <laughs> Y'all had to go home and tell your mom, huh? Yeah, What'd yeah. she say? She, it, was, it was nothing she could really say. I ended up seeing a dude like three, two or three years later. Right. And uh, ended up getting, getting on him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> getting my revenge back, but... Uh, it's, it was nothing you could do, you know what I'm saying? Your mom, your mom, you know, mom worked two jobs, you know what I'm saying? She ain't at home, me and my sister get home, so it's like she really couldn't, she did the best she could, but she couldn't, she really couldn't protect us from that shit, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's like Detroit is not like, like other places, you know what I'm saying? Like in Georgia or something, you might be walking down the street, if motherfucker ain't gonna know you, he ain't gonna bother you in Detroit. It ain't like that. You you walking home from school, niggas are niggas is out there hunting. They'll pull up with you and, and rush you, never seen you before in your life. So that's what you gotta be on guard for. Now, it is DGB tradition for us to ask you when you officially jumped off the porch. Oh shit. So at what age was you jumping off the porch learning life on your own? Oh, man. Uh, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. When I jumped, jumped, jumped off the porch. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I ain't gonna lie, these niggas be talking about they, when they was 11, 12 years old, they <laughs> jumped off the porch. No, man, I, I, I really, really jumped off the porch. Probably 18. 18 is like when I didn't, like my parents moved to Texas, you know what I'm saying? And I, I decided to stay in Detroit. So then I had to move in with some relatives. And then, like, that's when shit really got real. You know what I'm saying? So I say, yeah, I was 18 when I jumped off the porch. 
So what would you say was like a really valuable lesson that you learned with your time off the porch? Oh, uh, shit. Basically, uh, it's so easy to, uh, to lose your life, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, watch the association and niggas I hang around with. This, uh, this old man in Texas told me one time, he said, uh, hey, young fella, remember this, before you go out here and be on some bullshit, a conversation can turn into a confrontation. Ooh, that's a confrontation really can turn into a murder investigation. I had to take it a little deeper for you. <laughs> Hold up, I gotta sit back in the chair. Right. <laughs> a conversation can turn into a confrontation. A confrontation can turn into a murder investigation. Real shit. So what did that, okay, so <laughs> what did that quote mean for you at that time and what does that mean for you now? That quote meant that shit can go left, you know what I'm saying, quick. So I, I just kind of grew up like that. Like everybody around me know the way I move. So they, they make jokes about it all the time because I, I know how to move, you know what right. I'm saying, in my city. I'm a type of nigga, I've done this before. I'll go to the club with 50 niggas and leave in an Uber by myself without nobody knowing. That's bizarre. That's your name. <laughs> but you don't know how much shit that it kept me out of. You know what I'm saying? I don't give niggas a chance to, to, I'm not no place too long, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is bizarre though. I will give that you that. That is very. <laughs> you know, it is bizarre. But it keeps niggas guessing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even tell my, I might tell my homies like, yeah, I'm about to go to the bathroom, you know what I'm saying? And they'd be like, oh, okay. And never see me again. I don't know, bro, I just be annoyed like that, you know what I'm saying? But, you know what I'm saying, I, that's, that's how I move, and that, that shit keep you out of a lot of shit. That's how I, I, I grew up, you know what I'm saying? Because I seen so much shit happen at the end of the night, mm -hmm. when the club about to close, and niggas is drunk. Like, I never stay at clubs until they close. Like, you, you can feel a vibe, man, you can feel it. You can feel like, damn, this shit don't feel right. You know what I'm saying? Damn, I need to get the fuck up out of here. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ever felt that vibe before? It's <laughs> you know like what I'm saying? You feel, you feel like, damn, this Like you feel, feel it in right, your bro. stomach and it's like, yeah. you feel it in your stomach and right. then like, I, it's not, I wouldn't say voices in your head, but it's something right. in your head. Like it'll say like, get out. Like right. literally you right. hear it over and over and over right. and over. Right. And once it gets to the point where it's like irritating, you gotta right. go. Right, but some people don't follow that. Some people will be like, man, fuck that. I'm, I'm, that niggas ain't, they ain't moving me. I always follow my first mind, always. And that's how you got to move, especially now. It's right. crazy. How do you feel about this generation right now? Oh, man, these, these niggas. <laughs> these niggas, wow, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I ain't, I ain't no old nigga like that trying to, I love the young generation, but like, I don't know, man. These niggas, they, they on Facebook Live with it. Niggas, niggas shooting, niggas is, saying names and giving each other up. Like, look at, look at the little, the young dog situation. My man basically told on himself, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, nigga, nigga the same, you in the same car you shot the nigga with? You at the same house you shot the video with? Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, they, these young niggas out of control, definitely. 
Now, I want to get into your rap career because when I was researching you and stuff, I saw that you actually started rapping when you were in the fifth grade. Oh, shit. So what were you rapping about in the fifth grade? Uh, I used to be I used to be in a glee club. Mm -hmm. and, uh, my uh, music teacher wanted me to uh, write a rap about. Uh, uh, well, no, he needed somebody to write, make a rap about Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, it was his birthday, and I made a rap about Dr. Martin Luther King, and that's how I started uh, rapping. You know what I'm saying? I started rapping in the fifth grade, and uh, but my my music teacher gave me the name Bizarro, cause I used to be uh, in class rapping to myself all the time. But he thought I was talking to myself, but I used I was rapping to myself, and so he started calling me <laughs> the Bizarre Kid. <laughs> Like, this nigga here talking to us. <laughs> what used to be on your mind to where you was just started rapping like that? I, I didn't really care about school like that. You know what right. I'm saying? My, 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 I was just thinking about, a, you know, I, I was so into rap. You know, once I heard L. Cool J and Run DMC, I never, there was no plan B for me. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to be a rapper since the fifth grade. You know what I'm saying? And I put everything into being a rapper. Like niggas, niggas ain't paid the dues I paid. I didn't slept on floors. I didn't, I didn't been in New York. Like me and Eminem was like out in New York, like eating dollar slices, sleeping on niggas floors. Like, you know what I'm saying? Going to, how could I be down with, you know what I'm saying? Nowhere to stay or going to Jack the Rapper with one room with 17 niggas on the floor. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I put the work in to be a rapper, like there was no plan B for me. I, I never re I never thought about nothing else. Wow, so who were your musical influences back then? Oh, shit. Uh, Scarface, uh, Gangsta Nip, EPMD, Redman, uh, shit, Detroit Most Wanted, Awesome Dre, shit, Esham, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like you rapping in the fifth grade with you being so young. Right. Shit, how did you know? Oh, uh, man, like, I think, like, once, like, I, the inner, the rush I got on stage, you know what I'm saying? By me being a kid, like, like, I was already, my mom kind of put me in a position to where, like, I was a star, like a mini star, you know, not like a star, but like, damn, you know what I'm saying? She would put me in positions where I had to rap in front of 500 people, you know what I'm saying? At, at 10, 11 years old, you know what I'm saying? I'm rapping at churches, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just I just became like, I, I kind of knew it. Like, right. like this is what I want to do, man. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is what I'm, I'm, I'm built to do. This is, you know what I'm saying? So that the pressure was on me young, so, I, you know, when she, when she kind of put that battery in my bag, it, it was nothing else, you know what I'm saying, I wanted to do. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I, like I used to have jobs just to pay for studio time, all that shit. And then like, when I was young, like in Detroit, like, like people really big into getting a job at the plant, like Chrysler, GM, Ford. If you get one of the three of them jobs, shit, you, you made it. So I purposely stayed away from them type of jobs because I knew I wanted to be a rapper. Right. So I used to get bullshit ass jobs like security guard or some shit like that where I could write, rap at work. 
I didn't want to do no hard shit, no manual labor, no forklifter, uh, machine operator, none of that shit. I just wanted to do like simple shit just to make some a couple dollars. But you know, like I said, I was investing in myself, paying for my own videos. You know what I'm saying? Coming to Atlanta, Eric Sermon had the rim shop here back in the day, and I moved to Atlanta looking for Eric Sermon. Wow. Going to call in the rim shop every day. <laughs> Consist that's that consistency. Right. Hungry, starving. There's no other option. <laughs> now, when did the battle rap come into play for you? Okay. We started off battle rappers. Um, Maurice Malone, uh, he was a clothing designer back in the day. He had a, a, a clothing store called a hip hop shop. And uh, uh, the big homie proof you should have open mics there. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. And uh, that's, that's when we started battle rapping at. And uh, Eminem was the champion. He was the champion of the battle rap shit. Now, I do want to ask you, okay, I don't know if anybody would get offended by this question, but like with Eminem being, you know, Caucasian, mm -hmm. how did they accept him in the battle rap scene? Um, it was like, <laughs> It was like white men can't jump. That's the best way I could just describe it. Like, right. it was always, uh, man, who is this white boy? This white boy. But once he opened his mouth and started rapping, niggas was like, oh shit, this white boy, nice. So. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. People who knew he was nice, you know what I'm saying? They are, there was, there was no doubt about it, but, but we was always constantly going in new environments. So when we go into a new environment, I already kind of knew like, all right, they gonna be on some bullshit. But then after he opened his mouth and get to, before he even finished a verse, you know what I'm saying? They was believers. So yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of doubters because Detroit is like a 90% black city. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it was like the reverse shit, but the, the best way I can describe it, it would be white man jump, white man can't jump. So a lot of niggas got their money took in because they thought they was going to be able to beat them and them in a the battle. Now, how was the battle rap scene for you specifically back then? Oh shit, that's where I kind of got my name from. You know what I'm saying? I, I was I was a good battle rapper. You know what I'm saying? I, I got I got my name from that. And then uh, shit, I done had a lot of good battles. But uh, but at the hip hop shop, you know, you might battle your homeboy because they used to put everybody's name in a hat and, and shake it up. So shit, you might get anybody. I might 
I didn't battle Eminem before. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, did you win? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but I ain't lose to a lot of people. I lost to him. I lost to Swift before, but I don't think I really lost to nobody else. But yeah, but it was real like that. You know what I'm saying? So you, the day of the battle, wasn't nobody talking to each other, none of that shit. Cause you know, I might have to see you in this battle. So I had to have a couple lines prepared for you just in case we meet in this battle. Cause you know, it's, it's like process elimination. So it might be 50 people in this battle. So if I, be, I, just, if I, won, if I win my battle, I just won the first round. I still got like five other rounds to go. And then after I, if I went the whole battle, then I can battle Eminem. Cause he the champion. He just on the sidelines waiting to see who gonna win out of these 50 people. What's like the, what is the, what's the most messed up thing somebody said to you in a battle rap? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, damn. I, I can't, I, I really can't think. We, they just said, I just had some foul shit said to me before. <laughs> oh my. Damn. I don't know. Or what was like the most tense battle rap that you had where you thought like, we might be, we might end up fighting. Uh, me and my old rap partner, uh, The Undertaker. Shout out to my boy, The Undertaker. We used to be rap partners. And uh, we, uh, end up, we, we ended up, we broke up from each other. And then like five years later, he, his name was something else. Then he changed to The Undertaker. So it was like this rumor going around. Yo, this dude named The Undertaker, man. He, he cold, he cold. So we end up getting ready to battle. I'm like, this this is my boy. So like, it, it just kind of went sour. We started talking shit back and forth to each other and they made up flyers and shit. And yeah, that was kind of wild. That was my homeboy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that was kind of intense battle because we yeah. knew each other. We knew each other, yeah. So that probably was my most intense battle. Now, when would you say is when you wanted to really step into the music industry as far as a rapper outside of the battle rap? Uh, shit, immediately. You know, uh, one thing about us, we always had a balance. So the, the battle rap shit was just something we did at the hip hop shop. Mm -hmm. But so now like, we wouldn't like the battle rappers now. Like the battle rappers now, like that's, you know, not all of them, but some of them that like, that's all they do. You know what I'm saying? They just write battle raps, you know? You know what I'm saying? But uh, we was just battle rapping uh, at the open mic, but we was real rappers. You know what I'm saying? Every day. We, we was still going to the studio and all that shit. So the battle was like more like exercise. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we weren't professional battle rappers like they is today. Right. You know what I'm now I want to ask you, when it came to D12, I know there was like a concept where, I don't know if I'm mistaken, but like it was like a recruitment in a sense or something like that. Basically like full of battle rappers. Yeah, basically, uh, no, it was like the all-star team. Right, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Proof, Proof, he was already in the group, but he wanted to make a super group, basically like rappers that was already in other crews or whatever, and just make a ultimate team. So like, so yeah, so he got all the dope battle rappers that he knew, and it was supposed to be 12 of us, but uh, it never quite worked out like that. So then it just ended up being six of us. So then we just started to, to have uh, an alter ego. 
So that made 12 of us. So all of us had one alter ego. Now, with that group, how did Smoke it... Smoke hot shit. How did you guys <laughs> actually meet? Was it from the battle rapping or was it from, like, way back? Uh, yeah, it was from the battle rapping. Yep, yep. Because the hip-hop shop was so legendary. All the rappers knew about the hip-hop shop. So even, like, sign rappers would come through on their promo tours. Like, Fat Joe didn't been in before. The alcoholics been been there before and, and, and actually rapped and battled. So, uh, yeah, we, we all met at the hip-hop shop. Now, you know I got to ask, we want to hear some crazy stories. Like, you're a legend coming up in here. We know y'all was wild back in the day. Okay. <laughs> so, what's, like, some of the craziest stories that you could remember with D12? Oh, man. It's, uh, we got some wild-ass stories, man. Uh, man, uh, we used to be wild, man. One time we... We was over in England. We uh, just came in the uh, interview, kind of blow off shrooms, and just came in that bitch and just grabbed the microphone from the interview person, snatched that shit up. From and, the you shrooms. Know what I'm yeah. <laughs> just doing wild shit like that, uh, having wild parties, man. Uh, you know, just being, man, we was, we was big kids, man, doing wild shit. Uh, um, but we, we we got some wild fans. I done seen some wild some wild fans do some shit. Like this uh one dude, uh he wanted to see me so bad that uh he stood out in front of our bus and refused to leave. Cops and shit came and everything, you know what I'm saying? Then we had one fan, uh my boy Gordy, we we was doing a show with him and uh and he kept on trying to get his attention on stage and he was kept saying, King Gordy! Can you go there? And uh, dude wasn't paying attention. We looked again. The dude said, Gordy! And he, he put some gasoline on his head. And then he let his head on fire. What? <laughs> they, yeah, they dragged him out. They was put, hitting him with the fire stingers and all that shit. Oh, my God. That is but he, he let <laughs> his is... head on fire to get our attention. Did y'all like contact him afterwards? Like... <laughs> no. Holy <laughs> gee, that is crazy. Yeah, I hope he's still alive, man. <laughs> Damn. Now, how are you able to? Because when I was younger and I remember seeing you guys, you always had the shower cap on your right. head. So right. Right. I just want to ask you, how are you really able to identify yourself as an individual with being in a group? Well, that was it. You just hit it running the nose. Uh... We was doing our first show in Milwaukee, and uh, the manager came to the room and he was like, yo, uh, lobby call, five minutes is our first show. And um, shit, we was at some little slummy ass motel and I was in the bathroom and they had, them, you know how they had a little cheap ass, right. little thin shower caps. So I put it on my head as a joke, just so I, cause I knew everybody would laugh. So I came to the lobby, like, what's up, fellas? Y'all ready to rock? And I had the shower cap on my head as a joke. And everybody started laughing. But uh, Eminem manager, uh, Mark LaBelle, he was like, yo, that's dope. That's fire. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So then, um, shit, after that, I just got kind of stuck with it. And then, so, uh, like, our fashion, um, our stylist, she started making, like, shower caps for all my outfits. 
Oh, so, wow. So I had like a Detroit Pistons throwback. She had a Detroit Pistons shower cap. Seattle Supersonics jersey. She had a super. So I, I you know, I, I own over 2,000 shower caps. Custom made, too. So you said 200 shower 2, caps? 2,000. 2,000 shower, shower caps? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you st do you still have any shower caps from? Yeah, I got 2,000 of them. You still have yeah, your 2,000 yep, shower yep, caps. Yep. Wow. <laughs> you know, you can, You need to like, well, never sell them, but yeah. maybe they could go in like a museum or something. Yeah, or I, maybe I could do an NFT with them or something. No, oh my no. God, you know that's the new thing right now, the NFTs. So you think I should understand. do an NFT with my shower caps? <laughs> yes, that would be worth so much money. You, right. you gotta do it. Now that yeah. you're talking about it on the porch, you're oh manifesting it, yep. so now Let's make you it gotta happen. do it. <laughs> Now, it. I do want to ask you, back then as a group, um, was it very challenging as far as like the industry trying to learn how to navigate all of you guys? What you mean? Say it one more time. I'm high. You got to excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Basically, high in how was it being a group back then? Oh, man. Um, it was good for us because we had structure, you know what I'm saying? Proof was basically the leader. And we had like three or four simple rules that cut down a lot of confusion. Like one rule was, uh, if you wasn't feeling the song, don't get on it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, that's the one rule. Second rule, if your verse ain't fire, you might be off the song. <laughs> That's the second rule. We knew that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes we wouldn't even know we was off the song until we go to the studio. You know what I'm saying? So that was another rule. Uh, a third rule is no man above the group. Um, fourth rule is we split all our publishing equally, mm. no matter who do what. So say like if I, if I rapped on the song and wrote the chorus, I'm supposed to get a, a bigger percentage than everybody else, but we never did that. Even with, even if you like deny, even the producer, like we, you know what I'm saying? We we split everything equally. So, uh, you know, so that kind of made like a brotherhood, you know what I'm saying? An obligation, you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, we, we didn't do the other shit that other big groups did, because if we did, we would check each other about it, you know what I'm saying? Well, no missing no shows, or I'm sick, or I can't do it, or no, none of that. <laughs> now, did work. you guys have a lot of support from Detroit when you guys came out? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Like, um, I, I, I think they fuck with us, but you know, you know what I'm saying? We kind of like a, you know what I'm saying? Some people got their different feelings, like maybe we weren't street enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. D12, D12 was weird because like, like all our singles is not a reflection of who, who we really were, you know what I'm saying? Or who, who our music really was. So a lot of niggas thought shit was sweet and and, and ended up getting their ass whooped. You, you know, know what? what That's what I was going to say. Cause like just <laughs> younger watching you, you know, we see you on a screen, like doing your thing, like being kind of goofy. Right. But also I'm talking to you now, I'm like, Oh, this you street nigga. <laughs> <laughs> right. You a street nigga, yeah, like. Yeah, cause I mean, cause like that's that's really like the singles was like you know fun. Now don't get it wrong, we 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 like to have fun. We, you know what I'm saying? We weren't afraid to express our personality, but like 
we really street niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like all the group was from the east side, Seven Mile and Hoover. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the west, Seven Mile and Evergreen. So it was like a lot of niggas thought shit was purple pills and funds and games and end up getting stripped naked. You know what I'm saying? So, but they supported us, you know what right, I'm saying? Because yeah. like, you know, I, I still get support in my city. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't go nowhere without somebody saying, you know what I'm saying? They fuck with me. So, so yeah, I, I changed my answer on that. I will say the city, the city fucked with us. Now, when did you realize that you couldn't be out here moving regular no more? Oh my God, uh, shit. Probably uh, after our first single, I Shit On You came out, you know, I, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it didn't come from me, it came from the big homies. Like, man, you, you, you know, you can't be moving around by yourself no more. I just realized I was a target. So yeah, probably like the first single. Yep, the first single. Uh, I shit on you. The first street single. Yeah, I know. I know. I had to change it up. Yeah. Now, when it came to you guys as a group, when would you say that? I mean, well, I don't really know when you guys broke up. I don't know if you uh -huh. guys even broke up. <laughs> oh shit. Well, no, we we ain't really broke up like that. But you know, we don't we don't do music no more together. I mean, really, like, Proof was the leader, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like, you got to remember, too, it was an all-star group, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So, you know, so I think, you know, as grown men, you grow up, you know, I had two solo albums out before D12, so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was in 97, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You did your research. Yes, I did. So I had to keep, you know, feeding my solo shit, you know what I'm saying, and then Swift. You know, he put out solo records and then the not, Mr. Porter is a full-blown producer and a singer, you know what I'm saying? So Mr. Porter did shit for 50 Cent, Snoop, Blau. So, you know, he wasn't, you know, he, it wasn't fair to let, you know, let him not grow on that. So it was like, yeah, we all um, just kind of, kind of like grew up, you know what I'm saying? But, but shit, if, if we had to do something tomorrow, I think we, Snap right back into, uh, like in play, like in, like nothing ain't never happened. Now, when it comes to groups like not being as active in the music scene, is it kind of like a friendship breakup in a sense? What you mean? Like, you know, you guys are all close doing music together, right. but then when it starts to get a little like, okay, I don't know if we're still doing music together and it's like a split, was it kind of right. like a friendship breakup or? I think, I think it's, it's, it's I think it's just life. You know what I'm saying? Like separation, you know what I'm saying? Like I know for me, I, I, you know, I had moved to Atlanta for a while. So, you know, I'm in Atlanta for like, and then I, then I laid in Texas, you know what I'm saying? So like when I'm in these places, I, I, I'm, I got my own crew. I got, I'm, I'm meeting new niggas and you know, they meeting new niggas and they got their own studio and their own businesses. So I think like, so when you kind of come together and bring in that, it's like, if each member came in, they probably had their own entourage. So, right. you know, I think that's what kind of, to me, kind of separated. Like, you know, when we, we was all, when we was young, we were struggling, kids, starving, eating cheeseburgers, hiding readies, Coney Island together, trying to write raps. But now niggas is older and more successful. That, that kind of put a wedge in the gap. 
Now, going back to Texas, I know you were a security guard at the hospital. Yeah. And there's a story that you said about Eminem calling you when he was working with Dr. Dre. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I was, uh, I was working at this uh, hospital. I think it was Box Springs, uh, Texas. It, uh, and he went out to, the, to L.A. for a rap battle. And uh, <clears throat> he freestyled on the radio after the rap battle. Dr. Dre, some kind of way, heard him. So after he heard him, he never left L.A. from that trip. And so he called me immediately and was like, yo, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre signed me, bro. Dr. Dre trying to sign me. I was like, word? So he was like, yo, you got to get to L.A. And so uh, I got the phone with him. I, I had told my supervisor, because I was at work already, I told her that I quit. And uh, I left for LA the next day. I think I was 19, like, like probably 19, 20. Went home, told my mama and them. They was like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just went home, like, I gotta go. I'm moving, to, I'm going to LA. Here <laughs> with them got signed. So yeah, I was going immediately. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of person I am. See, somebody else probably would have thought it out. And hey, man, let me, let me get my job two weeks notice. Fuck that. Fuck a two weeks notice. I'm, Okay. I didn't. I didn't left jobs on the job and went out of town. Fuck it. Now, what was your journey like when you went to L.A.? Oh my God. Uh, L.A. was just like it's kind of like I, I like L.A. was more. New York was a struggle. You know, just starving, like dollar slices. People ain't friendly. L.A. was like paradise for a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Good weed. You know, of course, the famous Roscoe chicken on waffles. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All that shit. You know, so L.A. was like palm trees and good weather good weed so yeah it was like a it was a dream come true did you ever have to struggle in la no no never because I, I stayed in la with him for like a month then mm-hmm. i went back to detroit and then next time i i stayed in la i was signing uh sony so i had an apartment out there for like a year so no but i heard about people uh struggling in la i know the struggle is real for like actors and Oh, Rappers yeah. trying to do it, you know what I'm saying? I heard sometimes times get rough. They get, I have to get out there and settle a little ass for rent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now, okay, so I did watch another interview, and they talked about Jay Electronica. I didn't okay. know that he used to, like, do kind of, like, videography for you guys back yeah, in the day. Yeah. So what's up with that? Um, shit, Jay, 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 he, you know what I'm saying? He's one of those type of dudes. I think even to this day, he still be wandering around, like, you know what I'm saying? So he's like one of those type of dudes that, uh, he just go wherever his spirit tells him to go. So yeah, he was around, he was around. He used to stay with the nine. He, uh, he used to do camera work for us. He was like a cameraman, but mm-hmm. he's just, like I said, he's that type of dude that just want to explore some shit, so. I didn't even know he was Jay Electronica until like somebody told me that like that's Jerice. 
the nine board. They used to be with us with the cameras and shit. Not the nine board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the nine porter. Yep, yep. Wow. Yep. So, shout out to J Electronica. Now, I also know there was a little controversy with you and Joe Buddy. Uh huh. So, what uh, happened with shit. that? Uh, mean since then. Yeah, since then, well, the the start of it, and then like since uh, then. Well, well, shit. I I talked about this in a long time, but. Uh, I mean, shit, the start of it was just really, you know, I know Joe Buttons, uh, you know, somewhat. We didn't tour together, you know what I'm saying? I thought we were cool, like we, we fuck with each other. So, you know, the accusations that he was throwing at Marshall, I just kind of felt like, you know, that was, it was just, it was just disrespectful. I just, so I just had to speak my piece on it, you know what I'm saying? And, say what I had to say, you know what I'm saying? So shit kind of got out of hand, you know, went back and forth. But uh, I mean, I ain't tripping on it no more. If I, if I seen him to this day, I probably wouldn't have no ill will, probably, probably give him a handshake, shit. But uh, yeah, I had to defend my boy, man, you know? Shit, that's, that's my boy, man. I've been doing that his whole career, you know what I'm saying? Even before he got signed, you know what I'm saying? always had his back, you know what I'm saying? Cause motherfuckers always think it's sweet. So I know sometimes he in a position where he can't talk because of how big he is. So, you know, some shit I got to speak on. Now, I ain't going to answer to everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Cause he a grown ass man. He don't need, he don't need me to answer for him. You know what I'm saying? Cause he will address it lyrically. You know what I'm saying? But at one of those situations, I just felt like it, I had to say something. Now, during your solo career, what did your journey look like with that? And just dropping different solo projects? Oh, man, uh, it was cool, man. I, I, I like my solo career. It's, it, was, it was more work than the group because I had got lazy and got used to just laying my verse down and just leave. So solo shit, you got to do three verses, a chorus. That shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That shit sucks, but uh, yeah, I, I like my solo career, man. Like, I like my career, period, because you know what I'm saying. I feel like I'm well balanced. I had the worst. I didn't been at the worst of the worst, you know, sleeping on floors, eating hot and ready's, to the biggest you can go, to the cover of Rolling Stones, to the Grammys, to the fucking MTV Awards, to all that shit. So. I feel like I got a, I got a real balance. Now, I really want to talk to you about the Detroit music scene right now, because I know they are going crazy. Right. But you know, a lot of people come to different cities and pull from the culture. And I know Detroit, a lot of people are, you know, trying to get on the wave. So how do you feel about people coming in and like stealing the Detroit flow and the culture? Mm. How do I feel about it in the culture? Um, I think it's just a wave of music, you know what I'm saying? Because if, if, if I say I would be mad at that, I can't really say I would be mad at that because I seen people steal from Chicago when Chicago was hot. So, shit, this niggas in LA talking about ops, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I think it just becoming music culture, you know what I'm saying? I'm just glad that you know, Detroit has finally got a chance to speak and say something about it. Like I told you, the Buffies and Cardis, 
has been around since the 70s. You know what I'm saying? But one thing I do like about Detroit is like, they get on niggas' asses about stealing the culture. Like like Adrian Barner, I remember he had some, he had some buffies on niggas. Oh, fuck Adrian, take them with you. You know what I'm saying? Detroit will get on your ass if you're not from <laughs> Detroit with buffies on. You know what I'm saying? They is not trying to make it a universal thing. So I think we kind of police ourselves. But as far as the sound, like, man, I think that shit is it's too late. Nah. Everybody thinks. <laughs> I think it's the... What do you think? I think it's more the beats than, than the, well, no, I think it's the off flow too. I think it's everything, like yeah. all around. And you know, you can tell, like some people can't keep up with the Detroit sound. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, they struggling. Yeah. Like they see right. <laughs> right, right, the right, sound, right. but like. Right, cause it's, a, it's an off beat flow. It you know is. We really ahead of the beat, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, you. so if it's done wrong, it could be a really, it could be, really yeah. <laughs> be, be really bad. It could be really bad. bad right. But where would you say that sound like really started from and like really stemmed and just took off and went crazy? Um, damn. Uh, I, 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 w- I would go back as far as the Cheddar Boys and Rock Bottom. Uh, Younger vert, younger generation. I gotta give it to Cash Out Doughboys. They really, they like the uh, OGs or the young niggas. So I think they had a lot to do with it. And and I think Helliver and T Grizzly kind of like stamped it. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you want, that's not. That's, I would put it in that order. But I think T Grizzly made the young niggas want to rap on Detroit beats. I mean, hella, because he produced it, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Now, Bazaar, we have to ask, what is going on in your world as of now? Oh, man. Uh, I got a lot of shit going on. Uh, I got a cooking show I'm working on uh, called Bazaar's World. Uh, it, it's a comedy. It ain't, you know, it ain't no regular ass cooking shit. It's wild ass shit. I'm like breaking in people's houses just cooking whatever they got in the refrigerator. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Trying to yeah. make a good ass meal. I got a podcast I'm, I'm trying to work on. Um, shit. I'm about to put this porno out. You know what I'm saying? Wait, are you, you're for real? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Oh. I used to be a male, I used to be a male dancer back in the day. <laughs> Wait, no, you're like yeah. for real, for real. Yeah, my, my stripper name was uh, Thick Nick. You could, you could look me up. Thicknick.com. So uh, I'm working on that shit too. <laughs> Wait, I'm then sorry. Then I'm in acting school. I do movies. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Is this too much? Am I doing too much? No, it's just. Just let like, me know when I'm doing too much. If you're never too doing too much. If I, I got just, too much shit going on. Just let no, me know. No, <laughs> listen, we're here for it. I just didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> that was it. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. No, I mean, uh, I'm in acting school too, though. You know what I'm saying? taking acting classes. I'm, I'm just trying to do all the shit, you know what I'm saying? And I did, I do know that you dropped a video, a visual not too long ago. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Uh, which one? All right. I dropped a lot of videos. One second. It's with Robin Spree. Talk to us about Robin, oh, Robin Spree. Robin Spree, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, you know, I just, I just put an album out called Dumpster Juice. 
And I just want to take it back to the hip hop shop days, like the battle the battle days. Right. So I, I uh, on purpose went and got like all grimy, like 90s hardcore beats and shit. And uh, so uh, robbing sprees, just talking about like robbing niggas, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, that's how we do in Detroit, you know what I'm saying? So it's just some hardcore shit featuring my man uh, RJ Payne. So it's, it's, it's like some lyrical shit, because people think all I can do, I didn't do the funny shit for so long, people think that's all I can do. So I had to, I had to let niggas know, you know what I'm saying, that I could, I could really rap. And I will outbar a lot of y'all niggas. You know what I'm saying? Flat out. But niggas gotta, they gotta see, I'm back with <laughs> this rap shit. Now, I did read an article and you stated how your daughter's been like kind of letting you know who's out and who's. Yeah. So yeah. who's some rappers now that you like, okay, I can get into this? My daughter do not listen to rap. Oh, really? At all. She is a weirdo. You know <laughs> No, so uh, she don't listen to rap, no. But I did start the thing with her where like once a week, like, uh, I'll give her artists to research and give me 10 facts about the artist. And then she'll give me artists to, to research. And, and I'll give her 10 facts about it. But there ain't been no rappers though. It's been like Billy Eilish or, you know what I'm saying? Alternative indie, you know what I'm saying? What do you want? She in the suburb. What do you want? She, she, she ain't in Detroit. She, yeah, have, she don't know nothing about Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> she grew up in the suburbs. <laughs> Now, with your experience in the game for so long, what is like some advice that you can genuinely give to up and coming artists? Um, if you don't think you the shit, why well, I'ma think you the shit? Um, never use the word local when you talking to motherfuckers. Don't ever go up to another rapper that's signed and say, yeah, I'm a local artist from Detroit. You already putting yourself in the category. Um, invest in yourself. Uh, spend as much money as you spend on weed and outfit and all that shit in your career. Um, come with a marketing plan. And remember, like, uh, work the internet. You know what I'm saying? Study this shit like you studying like a for a test, you know what I'm saying? Work the internet, build a buzz up, like how your your family come to come to your shows, like, you know what I'm saying? Build the hype up, you know what I'm saying? Like I remember one time this DJ told me this little like secret. He basically was like, um, he went DJ at this club and like this artist came in and had like fifty people with him. And they came up to the DJ booth and was like, yo, yo, play this song. And they played the song, and the 50 people that was with him just started going crazy over the song. And he said, people are copycats. So when people in the audience seen, oh, who, who is this? Why is everybody going crazy up this song? Why does everybody know every word? You know what I'm saying? So I started making them hype. And then he said, he didn't know this at the time, so he was a DJ. He said, damn, who, who is this dude that got the whole audience slapping. So it made him start fucking with that dude record. But the whole shit was capped. So it's an illusion, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. make yourself like, you know what I'm saying? Like, watch the pictures that you take. 
people don't want to follow if you're boring. Like, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you taking pictures at the right spots. Go, go book some studio time at a nice studio so you can get some nice pictures. Make sure you up the part. Make sure you dress fresh. You know what I'm saying? Don't give a fuck. You got to put that bitch in the layaway. You know what I'm saying? Like, your chain, that's your fucking equipment. It's an investment, dog. If you, if you look like you broke, if you look like you ain't got no money, why well, I want to fuck with you. But if you come in, you got to, you know what I'm saying? Just, just imagine. Uh, just imagine. I'll I just give you a quick example. Like, just imagine if, I, if I'm in front of Future. You know what I'm saying? And two rappers come past. The first rapper come past and say, what up, Future? My name, Dante. I rap, man. I'm, I'm a local rapper from Detroit, bro. I'm just trying to put my music on. I'm just trying to get on, man. You could just listen to me, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I appreciate it. Then the next nigga come by and say, what up, what, what up, Future? What up, man? My name Dante, my nigga. Your shit hard. I fuck with you, my nigga. You gonna hear from me soon and walk away. What, what the jury on and all that shit? He gonna say, damn, who is that nigga? Or just walk past Future and do some, like think, think outside the box. Walk past with Future was with a, with a, with a fat ass, uh, a zip or something. Yo, Future, hey, hey man, it's on me. It's some fire ass shit, my nigga. Huh? Walk away and then bitch get to dancing and chilling, not even giving a fuck. He gonna be like, damn, who is this nigga? You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like, right. walk with it. If you, you know what I'm saying? All them speeches, that shit ain't gonna work. Because guess what? I got some rappers behind me. You know what I'm saying? I got to put them on. So wow, how you gonna jump in front of them? You know what I'm saying? Everybody got an entourage. Everybody got rappers they putting on. So bro, that long ass speech, you know what I'm saying? Niggas just, you just, niggas just don't want to be rude. You know what I'm saying? But how many times did that really happen? You know what I'm saying? So that's just my advice. That's solid, because I wouldn't even think, like, you know, I would be the nigga that'd be like, can you please listen to my song? <laughs> can you please listen to my song? But, no, nah, that's that's Yeah, facts. but if you really think about what I'm saying, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they hear that everywhere. They hear right. everywhere, everywhere they go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a dude at the airport literally try to put earplugs in my ear. He working there. He like, dog, you can just hear my shit, man. Just, just. I'm like, nigga, you had me an earplug? He's like, yeah, man, just check it out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm like, no, nah, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he, yeah. you know, nigga got the long story. I mean, even if, I mean, even if you do, if you did say a fake verse, where does that ever go? I remember it was one dude that was like, I think he actually did something. But, uh, but how does that really ever, where did that ever really even go? Even if you, you did a good rap, All right, my nigga, I gotta catch my flight. But if you walk past with all that, cause you gotta, you gotta remember in your mind, these niggas are my competition. Future is my competition. You know what I'm saying? Ice Red Vezo is my competition. Don't ever think of yourself as a local nigga or, you know what I'm saying? So if you wanna be with them, you gotta act like them. You know what I'm saying? Cause I know if I see a nigga, and he come past me and say, what's up, Bizarre? How you doing, my nigga, such and such and such? Huh? I'm, I'm going to Maddox, like, who, who is that nigga? 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? Man, he got a record out or something? Dog, I could like it if he don't. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's your swag. Okay, now I can't stop but to ask you one last thing because I know we got to wrap up. Right. You have the, the marijuana plant on your face. Right. Tell me about that. Oh, man. Shit, I smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I smoke a lot. See, I got spoiled, though. See, we, we've been smoking OG for, for, you know, I'm down with, I came up on the Dr. Dre, Snoop, and all the West Coast shit. So, you know what I'm saying? We, I've been smoking OG for like 20 years. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, you know, and, and niggas that, you know, niggas that smoke what is, they, they tell you, you know what I'm saying? Like, between me and King Gordy, like, you know what I'm saying? We rolling three fives in the wood. We've been doing that, you know what I'm saying? So, the weed leaf is just, you know, symbolization of cannabis, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a hippie too, so, you know, and then, you know, Michigan weed legal, so. Have you ever smoked with Snoop? Oh my God! Yes. How is that? Oh, that's that's that's. Well, Snoop, you know, he already come with like thirty blunts already rolled. So Snoop, that one thing about Snoop and and Wiz Khalifa like that too. They don't they don't share blunts, so you know they don't play that. You hit it, he hit it. So they'll give you your own blunt, so you won't have you won't ask for their blunt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so and they, and it's fire. So. You know, I'm from Detroit, so I'm not used to niggas having their own blood. You know what I'm saying? I'm used to, I'm used to 30 niggas on one blood. So, you know, yeah, so Snoop will, he, yeah, you're, gonna, you're definitely going to tap out when you smoke with him. Oh, did yeah. you ever tap out? Oh, yeah, yeah. I tapped out with Snoop. I tapped out with Wiz Khalifa because he, he gave me a dab for the first time. And, and, and a dab, I had to cancel my show. I couldn't perform. Yeah. You had to cancel the show. Yeah, I had to. I had to cancel. That, you know, that dab do some. It do something different to me. So I had to cancel a couple shows off of dabs. Yeah. So I just want to say right now to all the promoters that the shows I cancel off of dabs, holla at artmartin at gmail.com and yo, I'm gonna try to get y'all together, man. My apologies. I don't. I ain't gonna do it again. <laughs> oh my. But I'm keeping it deposit though. <laughs> now, before we wrap up, do you have any last words or shout outs? Oh, man. Last words is, man, I jumped off the motherfucking porch. Be looking out for Bizarro G coming out soon. I got another album. Me and my nigga Foulmouth called He Got a Gun. I'm just trying to stay motive innovative. Be looking for the record label. You know what I'm saying? Dropping. I got my artist No Space. I got my family behind us, the twins, coming from KC. And um, shit. Suck my dick. Hey, I pop on them. Get the drop on them. Pull the mop on them. Won't stop on them. Morphine. We smoking hell. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.